to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Hi, everybody. Lots to get into here, so I'm going to jump right in. A couple of school-related things to bring up, a couple of jab-related things to bring up, and then some border-to-border information to bring up as well. And then a particular form from Australia that apparently is making the rounds within some schools over there that I wanted to read through also. This first story, however, comes from uh, Breitbart, and it sort of piggybacks on an event that occurred earlier in the week where at least two mothers in Gwinnett County, Georgia, were arrested and singled out for standing in line and attempting to, again, simply attend a school board meeting. Um, It's pretty evident that one of the policies that's being implemented across numerous school districts in numerous states is the business of individuals signing in before they attend a school board meeting. And again, one of the reasons that that's been implemented is remarkably obvious. In fact, it's been implemented for solely one reason and one reason only, and that's to document the dissenting voices that exist within a town or a city. And then, of course, if an individual signs such a paper or signs such a sign-in sheet, they either are listing their name or the topic that they want to discuss or whatever it may be. School boards are using this as an excuse to essentially move people along in a quicker fashion when it comes to discussing particular topics. Therefore, they can say to themselves, well, look, uh, this particular uh, topic of mask wearing has only uh, has already been brought up, so there's no need to listen to these other four people who also want to talk about mask wearing. Um, again, it's forcing people to again lie on those forms and say, "Well, I only want to talk about this," when in fact they they end up talking about something else. And then, of course, a giant cane comes out and yanks them off of the stage, and you know they're not allowed to talk anymore, metaphorically speaking. Uh, the point is, is it's all about control. It's, it's always been about control. It continues to be about control. So in this particular school district, apparently, again, two, two mothers were arrested for either not wearing masks, so they said, so the, so the media have said, even though it was probably a combination of a number of things having to do with, again, either mask, not wearing a mask or um, wanting to provide information on the fallacy of the mask or, again, whatever other measure that they wanted to bring up, which they should be free to bring up. Again, the problem is that school boards are continuing to clamp down on dissenting opinions and knowledgeable people. Because, as I've stated before, the people who sit on school board meetings tend to be some of the dumbest humans on the face of the planet. And I mean that literally. They are not bright. Um, they are interested in power and control, and if they can skim a little off of the top regarding money, then they're going to do that as often as humanly possible. Um, that's just kind of the way that it goes. They are not interested in logic. They're not interested in facts, because the logic and the facts don't work toward them even holding a position. And again, I've stated this before, but the position itself is irrelevant. It has always been irrelevant. Entire bulldozers should be run right through district offices because they employ too many people. The very business of having a school board is its own micro-government for your child. Now, I disagree with their existence wholeheartedly. 
I don't think school boards should exist. I don't think that it's the job of the state to raise the child. And unfortunately, there are plenty of parents who, again, fork over their children to the state to allow them to raise their child um, by pumping, again, their minds full of propaganda and XYZ. But this business of headhunting, so to speak, uh, particular civilians who are knowledgeable on numerous subjects, taxpayers, voters, uh, or parents who, who send their children to these institutions should have the right to speak on any issue that they want. My personal suggestion is that there should be more and more localized podcasts that pop up. Uh, that go directly for the local entities that exist within that town or city, in particular school boards or city councils or what have you. This is one of the things that I, I would recommend parents start setting up and then get the word out that that's exactly what they're talking about. And then if they want to have guests on, they can do whatever they want. But there has to be oversight is, is my, my overall point here. And the oversight has to come from the average citizen. That has to continue to be the continue to be the case. We we have those rights because we're not the ones taking an oath. When they take an oath, they're basically saying we as citizens have the oversight over them. And as I've said in the past, the number of laws that school board members have to follow in XYZ is a mile long. And there's no way in hell that any of them actually read what those laws are. They just assume that if they just go through the motions, then they're obeying the law. And if they say, well, it's all for everybody's safety and we want to be fair to everybody and it's, it's all about safety, that's all this is about. That's not an excuse. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not, that doesn't give them a free pass to break the law and implement things that they have no business implementing. So I, I wanted to bring up the Gwinnett County thing again because I've seen the videos and it's, I mean, it's awful. They're having these parents again walk through metal detectors and it looks like the TSA. It really does. I mean, they're emptying their pockets. They're walking through. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, and of course, I'm certain they're not the only school board doing that. Uh, but, but that's something to keep in mind because there are numerous school boards, again, that are engaging in that very policy of eliminating dissenting voices by creating a simple sign-in sheet or a sign-in policy. Uh, and, of course, they're using it to weed out the undesirables, as it were. Um, here's the next story, and this, again, comes from Breitbart, and it's titled, Armed Agents in Texas School District Arrest Concerned Parents in their own homes. It says the Round Rock Independent School District, RRISD in Texas, is using its own armed agents to arrest parents who speak out against the school board policies, according to Christopher Rufo, uh, my favorite, just kidding, in the City Journal. Um, it says two fathers, Jeremy Story and Dustin Clark, had spoken out at the school board at the school board's alleged corruption and school officials' hostility toward parents in August while producing evidence that the board has covered up an alleged assault by the superintendent. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that name. I'm sorry. I just can't. Um, a very foreign name. I'll put it that way. Against a mistress. Um, story, a minister, was cut off mid-sentence as the superintendent ordered armed officers to remove him from the, from the premises, according to the Chronicles magazine. 
At issue in the next meeting was the district's mask mandate. For this, Clark, a retired Army captain, and the other parents sought to speak, but instead the school board locked the majority of the parents out of the room, preventing them from speaking. According to Rufo, while the parents were asking the school board to open the room for public comment on the major policy item, school board president Amy Weir directed officers to remove Clark from school property. Now, I got to tell you something. I'm going to stop reading the story here. Um, again, this kind of behavior isn't new, and it's been happening a lot recently, and certainly within the last, I'd say, nine months at least. The business of, of police just doing what the school board wants is alarming. It's alarming. And I've had face-to-face conversations on video, I might add, and I did mention this in the past, but um, I, I, I'm going to mention it more specifically here. And I, I promise I'll tie it in. When I went to the, uh, the local high school here wh- where I live, I showed up on their one of their jab days where they were jabbing minors and anybody else who wanted to come in for a jab or a booster or a flu shot or whatever and, and basically just poison themselves to death. I showed up with informed consent in writing and I recorded the entire thing on, a, on camera. Uh, they kicked me out, as you would expect. They didn't want my handout of informed consent. I asked if they were providing informed consent and they said no. They actually said no. I said, so you're not providing any informed consent. They were like, you need to get out of here. And again, I've got the entire thing on video. The reason I haven't shown the video, either on BitChute or Gab or anywhere on social media or the internet, is basically one reason. I'm waiting for those idiots to lie about it. And, and once they lie about it, I'll just air the video and prove them wrong. That's all. Again, everybody was on video there. There was a police officer who I requested show up. He, he came around from the back corner, and there he was. And the two of us walked toward the parking lot and stopped, and I turned around. And I got to tell you, I was looking right in his face. And the police officers that are monitoring these schools are absolute slaves. I mean, they're slaves. It's just the dullest look you've ever seen when I'm asking them whether or not informed consent is being provided. And I even looked at the officer and I said, so no informed consent is being provided. You can't tell me if any county health department worker is actually administering these jabs inside. And you can't tell me what's in those shots. And I looked at him and I said, so how am I supposed to know if heroin isn't being dealt out in that cafeteria? He said, well, that's not, that's not my problem. That's not, uh, you know, I, I'm not here for that. It's not about politics, whatever. I said, you're right. It's not about politics. It's about the law. And we've seen a, a complete shift here now and a total divide, even with countless individuals in quote unquote law enforcement. They're not actually enforcing the law. They're just doing what school board members or a superintendent or an HR director or these other these other bums want them to do. If they don't like a person because that person is smarter than they are or they don't want a person around because, again, that person is more knowledgeable and is using the platform to educate a number of different people, they want that person gone. And so my point is this, the business of having police officers quote unquote, working for school districts or school boards to intimidate, threaten, enforce, 
and remove people from particular places is not unusual. The problem is that real questions aren't being asked. Real investigations aren't occurring. And if anybody, in particular where I live, if any of the police officers had any stones, or any of the detectives, they would be asking some serious questions and actually doing some real police work. That whole stuff about, you know, clues and making sure that things match up a particular way and blah, blah, blah. And again, the police officer looked at me and he said, look, man, you're not causing a problem. He said, but you can't disseminate information here uh, on, on the, you know, on, on the school property. And I said, well, that's funny. I said, cause they're not disseminating information either. Only they're injecting people with something and I'm not. So injecting people with something for which no one can say what's in it, even though I know what's in it. And anybody who reads know what's, knows what's really in it. That's allowed to occur. But me providing them a factual front and back sheet with informed consent on it with references and links is not allowed. That's the divide. That's the separation that's, that has taken place. So again, regarding the Breitbart story here, this business of speaking out in board meetings and telling these people that they're breaking the law is not a new thing. What is getting out of hand is the business of the police officers removing these individuals for simply speaking the truth. That's next level. That's next level uh, communism. Satanism, fascism, whatever you want to call it. It's next level. No doubt about it. So, there's that. And again, that's something that people need to continue to keep an eye on. Because they're just clamping down because, again, the last thing they want is a dissenting voice. They can't have that around. So here's the next story I wanted to mention, too. This comes from naturalnews.com and more jab uh, more jab news here, so to speak, but it's titled COVID-19 vaccines will kill people while making their underlying conditions appear to be the cause, prominent doctor warns. It says the following, quote, a prominent South African doctor who played a key role in developing early treatments for COVID-19 has said that the current vaccine campaigns have one purpose, to control and kill off a large portion of our population without anyone suspecting that we were poisoned. This controversial claim was made by a family doctor in South Africa, Dr. Shankara Chetty, whose website says he has successfully treated 7,000 patients with COVID-19 without a single death or hospitalization. He's also a doctor behind the eighth-day therapy for COVID-19 geared toward patients in, a, in the disease's most dangerous or more dangerous inflammatory stage. In a video recording, Dr. Chetty said, while we all know that there are inconsistencies and coercion going on right now, it is important to understand the reasons. For him, it all boils down to the spike protein. He said, quote, If I had to give you my opinion as to what is happening on a global scale, the spike protein is one of the most uh, contrived toxins or poisons that man has ever made, he stated. And then he said the following quote, and the aim of this toxin is to kill billions without anyone noticing. So it's a poison with an agenda. It continues and it says, in his opinion, global lockdowns led patients to get to hospitals later in the disease's progression. And the protocols were used, and the protocols used rather, were designed to engineer death and damage in order to stir all the fear in order to justify vaccinating the planet and exposing all of us to the spike protein for longer. 
And then it continues here. It says too many varied deaths will make it hard to pin the blame on the vaccine. It says, quote, he paints a deeply disturbing picture of how the vaccine is going to kill people without ever making itself look like the obvious culprit. The vaccine spike protein will be distributed throughout the body via mRNA, he says, and made in different tissues throughout the body. He said, quote, those tissues will be recognized as foreign and will trigger a host of autoimmune responses. So the deaths that are meant to follow the vaccinations will never be able to be pinned on the poison. They will be too diverse. There will be too many, and there will be, they will be too broad a timeline for us to understand that we have been poisoned, he said. The vaccine's ability to exacerbate pre-existing illness means the people's death will instead be blamed on whatever underlying condition they had, even though those conditions would never have killed them otherwise. This might be cancer flare-ups spurred by, that's horrible, cancer flare-ups, like that's a casual thing. We're not talking about a rash. Um, sorry, I digress. It says this might be cancer flare-ups spurred by the vaccine that kills patients whose deaths would be blamed on the cancer rather than the vaccine. Likewise, diabetics who have strokes and people with hypertension who have heart attacks will have their illnesses attributed to those conditions rather than the vaccines. While it may sound outlandish to some, he believes that understanding the end game provides lots of clarity. Since the vaccines don't make sense from a scientific standpoint, he believes this is a more likely explanation. He said, quote, but I think if people understand what the intention is, then they'll understand why what's happened has happened. The illogic, the coercion, the suppression is all warranted if you understand that there is a bigger plan. This plan is to make sure that we can control and kill off a large portion of our population without anyone suspecting that we were poisoned, he stated. Other prominent doctors have taken a somewhat similar stance, including a former senior project manager for the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization, or GAVI, G-A-V-I, Gert Vandenbosch, and highly publicized physician and COVID-19 expert Dr. Dr. Peter McCullough. Another expert, former Pfizer vice president and chief scientist for allergy and respiratory, Dr. Michael Yeadon, said when posting Dr. Chetty's video on Telegram, the vaccine mandates are illogical and frightening. Since most are at great risk from the virus in the first place, most aren't at great risk from the virus in the first place, rather, uh, and the vaccines don't prevent against infection or transmission. So they don't provide a societal benefit, only a potential individual benefit, he stated. Now, me personally, I don't know what that individual benefit is. Again, if it's, it's, if it's satisfying the illogical behavior of the individual who took it into believing that they needed to take it in order to either keep their job or actually remain healthy, we now know, of course, that that's 100% out the window and never should have been the case in the first place. Again, if a, if a person can't logically state what's in it on their own, why on earth is a person putting it in their body? And I've probably said this in the past, but heroin addicts know more about what they're putting in their body than the people who have taken these poisonous jabs. So, it, I mean, it just blows me away. And there's a, a very interesting video, by the way, that was bouncing around on Telegram, and uh, in particular on Gab as well. I may have even stuck it in, in uh, one of the war videos. This is war videos on my BitChute page. But it's a guy in a trench coat, and he's walking up to people, 
who are wearing masks and doing whatever they're doing, standing around and talking and whatever, and he's acting as if he's injecting them with a syringe. Now, he's not really, but he's acting like he is, and then he's turning around and running away. And as soon as he does it, the people just freak out. They flip out. They immediately, one of, one of the guys basically tripped over his girlfriend, knocked them both to the ground, and then started rubbing his arm or his leg or whatever it was that, that, uh, you know, that, that got poked by this little thing that he was holding. Um, the, the point is this. It can't become more obvious that that right there is the major issue. That's, it's a fake unknown substance that this person was walking up and acting like they were injecting into people. But it's the same concept as what's happened within a doctor's office or within a, a more familiar environment. But it, it, it's just eliciting the exact opposite reaction. For people actually receiving it, it's eliciting a, um, a cozy feeling, like a, a, just a feeling of, of false security, which is, again, exactly what the powers that be were planning on. They were planning on tricking people into a false sense of security because that's the person that you can manipulate the easiest. So, yeah, there's that. But I don't know of any potential individual benefit, as Dr. Mike Eden says here. I, I just don't know what that is, again, other than satisfying one's own neuroses, I suppose. Uh, and it wraps up by saying this, quote, We'd never force people to do something which only benefits them, and even then, under highly under unlikely circumstances. It's nuts. Decline, he added, referring to the dangerous vaccines. Unquote. So, you know, it's, it, it, at least it's another doctor. At least it's another knowledgeable human being out there telling the truth about what's been going on, what's going to occur. And again, this idea of soft tissue cancer and, and having cancers just flare up and sort of be a, a casual thing. I, I don't think he was implying that it would be casual, but he's 100% accurate in that the people's own cognitive dissonance is going to keep them from connecting the dots between these jabs and future illness. Um, it's no different, again, than individuals who receive flu shots and then they wonder why they have an autoimmune condition. It's from the flu shots. That's the point. Flu shots are filled with autoimmune poisons designed to destroy your immune system. But a person who has received these, and many children do, unfortunately, they wonder why later in life they have, you know, skin rashes or arthritis or a host of other ailments. Um, again, it's a dollar sign. A dollar sign on the back of the head of every human being to, again, keep them married to the pharmaceutical industry for as long as they can so that those industries continue to make as much money as humanly possible. And then when that person dies, whatever, onto the trash heap, so to speak, um, and then onto another child to continuously inoculate them so that they too later become dependent on the pharmaceutical industry. It's just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat all over again. So... There you go. Speaking of rinsing and repeating, um, I'm shocked that these, uh, although I'm not really, and none of us really should be, but that Anthony Fauci continues to make his way onto all of these Sunday shows to peddle nothing but fear and propaganda 
on a week in week out basis. I mean, every sh- every Sunday show, political show, meet the press this week with George Snuffleupagus and all these other losers. I'm just shocked that they continue to have him on and then ask these just dictator-like questions to him. Um, you know, Dr. Fauci, what should we do this Christmas? Um, are, are there going to be more lockdowns? What, what's going to happen? Help us, guide us, tell us what to do because we're all uh, invalids who, are, you know, can't wipe ourselves and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's, uh, I'm just shocked that anybody continuously has this person on. I'm hoping, and of course we can hope all we want, I suppose, but I'm hoping that him being on these shows, that he's being forced on these shows by white hats to some extent in order to simply, um, I would say, convince the public that he's a fraud. And that's putting it mildly. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully there's some kind of a plan that basically is laid out that says, look, we're going to take this criminal that everybody knows is a murderer, along with all of the people that he's working with, and we're just going to continuously push him out in front of the American public. And then what's going to happen is, is that they're going to slowly start to wake up. Even if that means the jabbed are, are tuning in and watching these shows, eventually they're just going to say, he can't make up his mind, that this, that this alleged doctor can't even make up his mind, and he's telling us what to do and what not to do, but he can't seem to make up his own mind. There's that. There's also, of course, the other angle that he's black hat controlled 100% of the time, and he's simply on these shows to instill as much fear as humanly possible uh, and continue to do that on a week-in, week-out, day-in, day-out basis. Um, I think that's a far more plausible explanation, but who really knows at this point? It's, um, it's It's too much all over the place, basically. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm tired of seeing his face. I'm shocked he's still breathing, to be honest. I'm shocked. All right. Now, the propaganda, as we know, is completely controlled and manipulated by countless individuals, and it makes its way into school buildings uh, all over the world, in particular when it comes to all of this jab nonsense. So, there is this particular worksheet that apparently was going around some schools in Australia. And again, the specified place within Australia is uh, unknown to me. Northern Territory, at least, it looks like. Yep, Northern Territory. There we go. Okay, so at the top of this worksheet, and again, it's clearly for, for children within a classroom setting, it says the following. At the top, it says objective or subjective. And it's all about covid and again, trying to instill fear and propagandize the ever-living hell out of these kids. And it says this, it says, again at the top, objective or subjective in this giant box. It says, when we're reading or hearing something, we need to tune our ears to objective and subjective. Language. The language of fact and the language of opinion. Below, identify with an O or an S the box whether the statement is objective or subjective. And it says the following. The first box says, it's terrifying how many cases of COVID are in the Northern Territory. And they wrote subjective. God bless them. And then it looks like it was marked wrong. Um, yeah. 
I'm just going to keep going here again. I don't know if this was graded by anybody in particular, but there you go. That's the first one. It's, <laughs> it's terrifying how many cases of COVID are in the Northern Territory. Uh, the next one says, authorities are concerned about the number of COVID cases in the Northern Territory. The next box says, many people living in indigenous communities have been hesitant to get vaccinated because of misinformation they've seen on Facebook. That's hilarious. The next box says, it's all Facebook's fault that people in indigenous communities haven't been vaccinated. This is just awful. The next box says, Darwin is the capital of the Northern Territory. The average temperature is 33 degrees. No transition there, as you can probably figure out. They go from COVID propaganda to what's the temperature in this particular area. Uh, yeah. And then the last box says, Darwin is a lovely capital city, but it's insanely hot all year long. Subjective, probably. Um, and then it says this at the bottom half of the worksheet. It says, number. it looks like there's two two bullet points, and then some more COVID vaccine propaganda. The first bullet point says, underline the subjective language using the Northern Territory Senator somebody McCarthy. And it says, quote, the negative messages on social media that have been discouraged, that have discouraged First Nations people from vaccinating are completely disgraceful. It doesn't help. It hasn't helped. I would encourage people to not listen to those messages, unquote. And then, yeah, they want them to determine whether or not that's subjective language. Underline the subjective language. Well, I'd underline the entire quotation. Uh, number two, it says, is this poster put out by the Central Australian Aboriginal Congress mostly subjective or objective? And then it says, why? And then it's this picture, again, of this superhero, and it says, keep our community strong, because Congress says, get vaccinated. Let's beat COVID-19. And then there's a phone number, and then it looks like they're providing them a $25 voucher for getting the jab. And then there's a smaller box within that section, and it says the following, and it's kind of blown up in the left-hand side. It says, COVID-19 vaccines train your body to recognize and fight the virus that causes COVID-19. Um, that is just false. The next thing it says, the vaccine doesn't contain anything toxic or dangerous. Also false. It says the next point, uh, Pfizer works well against all types of COVID and will stop you getting very sick when the virus comes. Also false. And then the final sentence, two sentences say this rather. It says, quote, it will also help stop the sickness from spreading when the virus comes. It will protect us, our old people, people with other sicknesses or other sickness, and our young ones, unquote. Again, it's not just, th this is the problem with this little, uh, I mean, there are lots of problems with this particular worksheet for the most obvious reasons that it's just awful propaganda. but. The business of this being objective or subjective, it's actually neither. Um, it's just false. It's just wrong. It's 100% inaccurate. So it's not even an opinion. It's just false. Because again, opinions aren't facts or fallacy. They're in their own universe, so to speak. 
But uh, yeah, this entire thing is just awful. But again, the monsters that push this on, on children is absolutely astounding to me. And you may recall months and months and months ago, um, I want to say, good God, probably back in February, if not earlier than that, I was saying on this podcast, where are the actual science teachers? Where are the health teachers? Where are the anatomy and physiology teachers? Why are these people not coming forward and talking about what this really is? Are they all really buying into this? I mean, the answer overwhelmingly seems to be yes, that the vast majority of them are. Of course, those that are awake and know what is actually going on are caught between a rock and a hard place because if they speak out, they'll lose their job. In particular, of course, in the education profession of all professions. I mean, the irony is palpable. Here they are in the education profession. It's their job to continuously learn. It's their job to continuously find factual information and bring factual information to bear in all avenues within, again, their, their paid profession, whether that be their own fellow staff members or their students or their students' parents. This right here, again, is one of those things where you've got school boards playing doctor and believing endless things that aren't real because the powers that be are telling them it's real and then they're not engaging in any critical thought and just believing it. And then over here on the other end, you have school teachers whose job it is to communicate with students and parents about a variety of subjects, in particular, this subject, if it's relevant to the teacher's classroom setting and what the teacher's actually teaching. Now, this opens up a number of different scenarios, I think. And I've Walter Mitty a particular scenario just for fun in my own head about what would I have done, having been, of course, a former health education teacher and teacher of anatomy and physiology, knowing what I know now to sort of go back into my old body and my old working environment from well over a decade ago and essentially address this entire topic with those that I was working with. I can tell you first and foremost that the process within the K-12 school environment works typically like this. Someone from the outside will show up, again, health department, whatever. They'll show up and they'll basically just make demands or lay down information to the people that are working there as if the people working there don't have a brain and can't think for themselves. And that will happen on a constant basis. Someone will come in and say, okay, you know, a psychologist, for example, will come in and talk about reporting child abuse and walking us through the steps of how to do that. That's supposed to be information that every school teacher just knows. And any school teacher can look that up on how to do that. They don't need somebody to come in and spoon, spoon feed them their own contractual and legal obligations. So that's the first thing. But when it comes to this particular issue, the exact same process applies and probably has applied within countless schools. The question is, is would, would there be an opportunity ever for, again, a science teacher, a health teacher, anatomy and physiology teacher, what have you? to actually address the staff on the facts of everything that's going on here. In particular, again, regarding the jabs and their viability, as it were. Um, overwhelmingly, probably, the answer would be no. 
Very rarely would an administrator actually give a subject matter expert, and I'm using that word loosely, expert, but would they ever give them the opportunity to address the entire staff on such a serious issue, which of course has been completely blown out of proportion as we all know, but would they give them that opportunity? Most likely not. Let me give you one example. I was never really given the opportunity when I taught to speak to anybody in the building about violence, about anything regarding any of that. And yeah, I was one of the younger teachers, but I was also the only one in the building writing about violent behavior in school. I was one of the only ones, if not the only one, in the entire district teaching the actual curriculum within health education that dealt with conflict resolution and violence prevention at basically an adult level to middle school and high school students, that this is the way that you resolve a conflict. You get people to sit down, you get them to talk out each of their side, and then you arrive at some logical conclusion or negotiation or terms of agreement if you can do so. And then you go about your business and heaven forbid, you just leave each other alone and never talk to each other ever again. And that's fine too. But this, again, this notion of having middle school or high school teachers addressing their faculty regarding the COVID jabs or COVID in general, or, you know, this coronavirus or whatever the hell it is. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a computer line in a database. It's never actually, as we've discussed here a million times, it's never been isolated. It's a, it's a line on a piece of paper. But the opportunity for a logical thinking educator to be put in a position where they could address the entire faculty like that would never happen. It just wouldn't. Now, on that same spectrum, we also have to know that there have probably been health department workers who have shown up, said, watch out, everybody's going to die, we all need to get the jab so we can all stay safe, and then that person gets laughed at. See, this is one of those things that's not being discussed and not being covered, which I'm certain is happening. The faculty will meet as a school faculty. They'll bring in a quote-unquote expert to talk about quote-unquote COVID to the entire faculty and what we all need to do to stay safe. And that person will be laughed out of the building because there will be more knowledgeable teachers or just individuals in that room than the person who's actually still believing the lies. This is one of the reasons also why we've seen the exact opposite also occur. This is why, again, a year ago, year and a half ago, we started to see school teachers putting up shower curtains and plastic dividers in between desks in classrooms. Someone told them to do that. Someone from the outside showed up, stirred the panic the panic pot, so to speak, turned on that panic blender, and before you knew it, they were just engaging in some of the most irrational behavior known to mankind. Because as I've stated a million times, here comes a million and one. If that had happened in 2019 with such a teacher, that person would have been psych-evaluated, fired, and they would have lost their teaching certificate for putting up shower curtains and plastic dividers and uh, spraying people with disinfectant and hand sanitizing until their hands fall off. That kind of behavior is completely irrational. So my question continues to remain. Where are the rational educators? 
I know my job, my job, my job. Everybody's worried about losing my job. But the fact is, is that they have a right and an obligation to stand up for students in the face of tyranny also. So, yeah. Like I said, I've altered midied what I would do back then. And the fact is, is I would have stood up knowing what I know now. And taking that brain and sticking it in, in my body from back then and addressing this particular issue if I was still a school teacher, which I wouldn't be, the moment that they looked at, looked at me or anybody else and said, uh, we all have to wear masks, we all have to distance, we have to do this, I'd have said I quit. Because even back then, I mean, getting me to wear a school-related t-shirt was impossible. Uh, you know, with the with the school's logo on it on a, on a Friday when everybody else had to do it. I, I never did that garbage. I just didn't conform. I didn't go along because it made no sense. It was it was void. It was completely void of any logical behavior. There was no reason or or uh, yeah, there was just no reason for it. So I, I never went along with just blindly believing such nonsense. Um, not to mention I'm an adult and I can dress myself, but the mask wearing would have been the, the straw that broke the camel's back. There's no way that I would have actually done that, and I still haven't, nor allowed it to happen uh, in a working environment where I was working and trying to actually educate students on the facts at hand. Yeah, I know there was a lot of rambling, but my point is this. What, a, what, a, what an opportunity for students to actually learn something throughout this entire time. Again, whether they're attending school or not, what, what, a, what an opportunity to actually critically think and, and reverse course, so to speak, and get back in a lane of just thinking, critically thinking, examining, using and applying the scientific method, so on and so forth. And if the teachers have not been doing that, with these students, then uh, opportunity missed and opportunity lost, 100%. Because if you have a 1,000 students that show up into a school building, it's impossible that all of those students believe what's going on and actually think all of this is real. That's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. I don't know what the percentage breakdown would be because, again, the children are usually a reflection of, of what they've learned from their parents and what goes on in the home. But I find it next to impossible that every single student would actually buy into this. And I'm certain that countless teachers haven't bought into it either. It just so happens that many of those who haven't bought into it and know what's actually going on and are knowledgeable about what's really going on, they've probably quit their jobs. Because they know that if they say anything that falls out of line of the mainstream narrative, then they're going to get their head chopped off. They'll be outcast or, uh, you know, ostracized among the, among the crowd. But that would only bother them if that was something that, that they feared. So there's my little rant on that. Um, here's the last thing that I wanted to mention. And again, this comes from our lovely Canadian truck driver. Uh, they sent me this email describing, again, how the border between the United States and Canada is getting tougher and a little more harder to, uh, harder to manage, in particular, again, even in American cities here uh, when they're trying to make their way back home. So they sent me this, and I asked them again if I could read it, and they said, yeah, absolutely. So they said the following. They said, quote, I finally found out 
the intestinal for I finally found rather the intestinal fortitude to stand up to them at the Detroit Windsor border on the Canadian side. I refused to put a mask on, and now I'm being given a ticket. I explain that I'm being discriminated against and that I have the right to keep my personal medical info private. The border officer who had me pull over stated, quote, I'm only doing my job, unquote. I told him as I drove away that the people in Nazi Germany said the same thing. I am so fed up with this crap and the people allowing this to continue. Heading home today, thank God. Unquote. Um, the other cool part, although that's not cool at all, but they stood up for themselves, which is fantastic. And they're, again, when we do that, we expose how willingly other individuals who are incapable of any thought whatsoever are just willing to go along to get along, regardless of how horrific their orders may be. But I want to say that they stated that the ticket was somewhere in the thousands of dollars, if I'm not mistaken, um, and that they ended up contacting this massive lawyer group that is associated with many truckers. And they basically said the ticketing for such a thing, for not wearing a mask in your own automobile uh, as you're traveling from point A to point B, is um, in particular across the, uh, across the border, is completely illegal. And so don't pay the ticket. Just never pay it. And there you go. Excellent advice, I think. Just don't pay it. Um, yeah. Just absolutely horrific observations that countless people are making throughout this time. And given the fact that it's getting colder outside, again, depending on where you live, one of the weird things that I filmed on my cell phone last, uh, last winter were these outside bubbles that people would eat in outside of restaurants uh, in the town where I live. And you may have seen those things. I mean, they're giant, clear. They look like those giant spiderweb jungle gym things that we used to have at recess when I was a kid. But uh, they're completely enclosed. They're, they're see-through. And they're absurd. So the brain-dead individuals are allowed to basically eat inside of those outside in cold weather. While, again, they're in an enclosure. But they're not allowed to eat within an actual restaurant. It's going to be interesting to see how much of what occurred last year makes a return for this coming winter. Uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be an interesting thing to watch and certainly something, uh, something else to observe, some more lunacy to observe. Um, one other thing I'd like to add here at the end, it never hurts to drive by a local hospital. Just peek into the emergency room from time to time and see how many people are are in there. Take a look at how many cars are in the parking lot. Because again, here where I live, the uh, emergency room has been packed and the waiting, basically any kind of emergency treatment, quote unquote, has been taking hours, according to some individuals that I am very familiar with who uh, had an encounter like that not that long ago. So there you go. More, more things to continue to pay attention to as we move forward here. With all of that said, again, have a great week, and I'll catch you on Wednesday, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless. <laughs>